Who is the biggest winner from the Thursday night preseason action? We'll get to that more in this episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate, we had not one, but two football games last night, and it felt like all was right in the world. My question for you, (laughs) who stood out the most to you in in these games? Marcus, stop asking the questions. It's Tank Dell, who has been a fan favorite of us uh, and – you know, we've we've talked him up all throughout the offseason, you know, even in the pre-draft process, loved Tank Dell, uh, mostly for his route running and what like the defensive manipulation that he is able to create with his little teeny tiny small frame. But, you know, obviously the the height and weight, like there have been so many concerns, but we finally got to see him live on a football field, uh, which felt so good. He came back to Houston. Little side note, which just blew me away uh, when they shared it on the prod- podcast or uh, on the broadcast. Tank Dell DM'd the Houston Texans and said, "Don't let me leave the city." That is a baller move. I love Tank Dell. I just love what he brings to this offense. But, um, like, just looked fantastic. I think you saw a lot left on the field for as much as he actually accomplished. Um, just a, a very encouraging performance overall. Now, question, because we did see a lot of work from Tank Dell came from Davis Mills. Didn't see as many of those targets from C.J. Stroud. Um, C.J. Stroud willing to, to you know, spread the ball around a little bit. Is, is there any concern there that so many of those targets came from Davis Mills? Like, is, is he going to be an afterthought for C.J. Stroud? No, I mean, and the reason why is because if you watch this game, CJ Stroud was just under pressure all night. And, and there was that was brutal. Yeah. And his two drives that he played, I mean, almost every single throw, he was under some kind of pressure. No, it, it doesn't bother me too much. I think once Houston gets Larry Tunsil in there, Titus Howard, and some of the other starters on the offensive line, they'll be fine. And honestly, I came away watching that game, first of all. Nico Collins looks great. He got the very first pass of the game and just bulldozed Christian Gonzalez, the Patriots' top pick. I kind of think in this offense, the only pass catchers that I'm interested in at all are uh, Nico Collins, who is going as you know wide receiver 63 on Dynasty League football, and then Tank Dell, who's wide receiver 75. We saw John Mechie out on the field, didn't really create a lot of separation, was kind of playing in the slot and on the outside a little bit. I think once once uh, Houston gets their offensive line, I think Tank Dell is going to go uh, absolutely off with C.J. Stroud. So to answer your question, no, I'm not worried at all. Five receptions, 65 receiving yards, and a touchdown, which he caught like three or four times uh, for the juggling yeah. act. That was fantastic. Um, another big winner from last night's game, 
uh, or in the flip side of that coin, the loser, um, Damian Pierce, huge winner in this, this week one preseason game, Devin Singletary, he was in that game far too long for there to be Mm -hmm. any sort of concern that he is going to be stealing touches average is 2.8 yards per attempt. Now, like we said, you know, backup offensive line, um, Mike Boone himself managed four carries, 25 yards. Nobody was overly efficient outside of Mike Boone who had a, a 12 yard run there, but Devin Singletary didn't look great. Um, and he played for a long time yeah. throughout this game that it, you got to, well, I will say there was one short yardage play that Devin Singletary had where he yes, made a guy missed yes. in the backfield and then got the first down. That was impressive. But the point of like Damian Pierce didn't play in this game at all, and it was Devin Singletary handling a lot of the work, you know, even going into the second quarter, just makes me feel even stronger about our kind of theme all offseason that Damian Pierce is one of the most underrated dynasty running backs right now. Yes. I don't think there's a clear cut backup behind him. It's probably going to be Devin Singletary, but I don't think Devin Singletary should scare you at all. Uh, Kate, I want to talk to you a little bit about CJ Stroud, who, listen, he didn't play well. He had a bad interception to Jalen Mills. He took a couple sacks because the offensive line was so bad. However, I kind of came away encouraged from him in this game for a couple, one reason. He used his legs. Like that was one of the biggest knocks on him coming out of Ohio State is, hey, is 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 he going to be somebody that can get away from pressure and uh, make plays happen with his legs? Yeah, there was a couple times in this game where it was a, a second and really long, got outside the pocket, got seven or eight yards and moved on to the next play. Like that has me really excited about the future of CJ Stroud. Yeah, I, I think what you saw from him, like I, I don't, you know, I, th- I think all things considered, Davis Mills, you know, looked generally better. Uh, you would expect game, he's but played a lot he is more. a veteran. Yeah, he's been in this offense. He was the team's starting quarterback last year. Like, yeah, he you're going to expect some bumps and bruises, I think, throughout this offense. But I think the biggest takeaway here, it just comes from the skill players. And it, outside of like, you know, it, it it is much harder to properly evaluate, you know, CJ Stroud, given the amount of pressure he saw last night. It, it yep. was it was constant, but I, I do think that that should, uh, you know, take a, a nick up once we see some of sure. these starters back in the action and healthy. That'll be uh, key. Just really quickly on the other side of the ball for the Patriots, no Mac Jones, no starters at all in this game, no Ramondre Stevenson. We did see Tyquan Thornton and Kayshawn Booty out there, which is interesting that their uh, they're day three picked Ontario Davis didn't play at all in this game, which Bell, Bill Belichick after the game said, we've seen enough from him in practice. I, I wonder if Tyquan Thornton, even as a you know year two second round pick, if his roster spots, you know, up up for grabs. It seems like that just based on how again, like that that's sort of like one of the the takeaways here. If you're not uh, an experienced veteran in preseason analysis here. The takeaways are like, like you said, Marcus, like, you know, the players that the coaches already know, like, sorry, it was DeMario Douglas. I mispronounced it. DeMario Douglas. DeMario, like the, the players that these coaches already know and they feel comfortable in their analysis of these players, you know, if they're going to be on the starting roster, generally speaking, like maybe, yeah, you want to get them a a couple of reps, uh, meaningful reps, not necessarily week one of the preseason, but 
you know, especially for a game where they're starting these backups and to see them get that amount of work yep. that far into the game. Um, a, another name who I had just hyped up on last week's show, or uh, was it earlier this? It was earlier this week. Uh, Pierre Strong, uh, six carries, 21 yards, 3.5 yards per attempt. Just didn't look great. Um, you know, just not not fantastic. Was utilized a little bit as a receiver. I uh, saw... Uh, three targets, caught all three of them just for 12 yards. Like nothing was. The, the good news eh. is nobody else looked great in this backfield. Ty Montgomery is still hurt. Uh, JJ Taylor is incredibly small and he's been there forever. I, I just don't think he's got a role. Pure four carries, four rushing yards. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Harris, eight carries, 10 rushing yards. I, like I, nobody else stood out. It, but I will say back to Tyquan Thornton really quickly. He had yeah. a really nice catch. Um, down the field, Bailey Zappi kind of put it on the back shoulder of him. It was a really nice grab. So I think if they can continue that momentum, I'm sure he'll be fine when it comes to the roster spot. But you look at the depth chart, Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster are clearly the number one and number two receiver. I think Kendrick Bourne probably is the third guy there. And if Demario Douglas, as a six-round pick, isn't playing at all in the preseason because he's already shown enough in practice, I've got to assume that he's higher uh, than both Booty and Tyquan Thornton right now. Yeah, I, I'm thinking so. And you know what, Marcus? Like we we kind of talked about Booty, especially I, I think a lot in the rookie process because you know prior to the end of his his career, right? Like a, as a true freshman at LSU, just looked so freaking good, and it looked like the ceiling was going to be over the top for this kid. But so many things have gone wrong that you know I, I think you couldn't have probably found a better yeah. landing spot than the new England Patriots. So if it's not going to happen for the Patriots, um, I'm, I'm cutting bait on any of yeah. the maybe late round ads that I, I have. Kayshawn. All right. Let's talk about the other game, Seattle versus Minnesota, a game that featured two first round picks. Uh, let's talk about those players next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a job post. All you have to do is create a job post, then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL. To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. On Monday's show, we're going to break down all the preseason action from over the weekend. We've got games on uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, we're also probably going to be talking about Kate Steelers a little bit on that show. So make sure, again, make sure you're downloading this podcast wherever you get your podcast. But Kate, I want to talk about this Viking Seattle game because. This one had a lot of very uh, useful and high-ranking 
dynasty players. And let's start with Jordan Addison uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. I thought he looked incredible. There was a catch on the sideline that he got both of his feet in that was ruled incomplete. Uh, the Vikings didn't challenge it, but it was that whatever. It, it looked awesome. He just looks so good in this offense, and I think he's going to be a cheat code with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, this this was, I, I think, a big win for, for Jordan Addison. It's kind of crazy, too, because you look at the box score, and this is why you can't be a box score scout, is one catch, 22 receiving yards. But, like, what you saw from him in, in the burst and the just, like, he does so many little things right. And, it, mm-hmm. like, even in his first preseason game, you saw him execute. And, it, you know, even the the – incomplete catch which like if you guys haven't seen it you got to go back watch it um the amount of body control sideline awareness that he showed just seemed so far beyond that of a rookie wide receiver uh who's playing in his first nfl preseason game just looked absolutely freaking incredible jordan addison right now in dynasty league football going as wide receiver 22 i'm not sure how much he jumps up with christian watson and debo samuel going ahead of him but i I want him in a lot of my leagues. I, 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 even in my redraft leagues, I just think he's going to be somebody that comes in and produces right away. He's so fluid. He catches everything. Uh, I was, I was really, really surprised by him. Now I want to stay on the, the Vikings side of things. All of their running backs look pretty good, including Ty Chandler, which I know you're a little bummed about as somebody who has uh, Alexander Madison in a few leagues. Yeah, Ty Chandler, I think actually, like, again, this is one of those moments where the box score doesn't feel like it adds up because he averaged just 3.7 yards per attempt yesterday. Um, 11 carries, 41 rushing yards, but had a little bit of work as a receiver as well. Um, Ty Chandler just looked freaking incredible. Like, every time he touched the ball showed so much burst and like if I'm, you know, I'm not saying that Alexander Madison's not the guy. It like he's he's very very much the guy, right? But I I look at Ty Chandler and that performance yesterday. If we continue to see that, like he already had the edge for the RB two position. Um, uh, you know, I I think he's he's firmly secured that spot. And if you're looking to handcuff Alexander Madison for a very low cost option, oh, yeah. it's got to be Ty Chandler. Yeah, because I think once he gets an opportunity behind the starting offensive line for Minnesota, which by every metric is really, really good, one of the best units in the league, I think he could absolutely crush it. So I think he's somebody I'm trying to add in all of my dynasty leagues right now. Do you want to guess where he's being ranked or where he's being drafted among running backs? It's quite low per my last for my last check, what's the latest update? RB69. Woo! That's free, baby. That's, That's free. I mean, it's basically free. Uh, Dwayne McBride, who the Vikings selected in the seventh round, going as RB63, so six spots higher. Man, you could convince me after the preseason that Ty Chandler should be like inside the top 50 running backs or so. Like That's, that's how good I thought he looked last night. He just, like, I'm telling you, man, the burst was just, it was off the charts. And, like, just watching him, it it felt like he was playing at a different speed than everybody else on that football field. Um, It just had such a fun time watching Ty Chandler. Um, You know, he's he's relatively young. We've got him, um, you know, 
testing well, uh, having tested well last year at the, yep. the NFL combine, um, 95th percentile, uh, for, for running backs with a four, three, eight, 40 yard dash. Like you see where that, that, that speed and burst comes from and you know what he, he lacks in the height weight department definitely makes up for with some of that athleticism. And I think that's going to be what secures him that RB two slot. Um, any love for Jalen Rager? Four catches, fifty-five yards, four targets. Nah, <laughs> I, mean, I can't I, go back to the well again. I know. Marcus. I know. I, I do wonder. Like, is there a chance that Jalen Rager could compete for the wide receiver three spot on this team? Probably not. But I, I also don't know if this is an offense that's even going to expand beyond the tight end. TJ Hawkinson. I don't, yeah, I don't think TJ Hawkinson is the is the precluder there. Like you have, you know, some some usage for the the running backs. You have two really talented wide receivers, um, and then it feels like everything else is kind of like a moot well, point. How they, what like maybe you're a starting white starting wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, but if you're the wide receiver three. That probably means nothing. No, because they also, they signed Josh Oliver, who actually played this game, a tight end, who was one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. I just think we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets for this team. And then Jefferson and Jordan Addison at receiver. Whoever that third receiver is just isn't going to get consistent enough work. But having said that, I did think Jalen Rager looked really good. I'm not adding him in any leagues. It's just something to monitor in case there is an injury. Like if Jordan Addison does go down or – you know, something happens to Jeff and Justin Jefferson, knock on wood, speculative ab. So I want to talk about Seattle because, man, there was a lot of takeaways for me at, for Seattle. Uh, not only the, the first round pick at wide receiver, but also their second round pick at running back. We will get to them next. All right, Kate, let's start with Jackson Smith, the Jigba, who caught three passes for 25 yards on four targets. Again, I thought he looked really good. Looked very good. Um, I, I have to say that that Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba, like he's always going to be my wide receiver one in this class. Just yeah, same. point blank, uh, gonna gonna see that uh, carry through. I think till the end of time. Three receptions, twenty five receiving yards. Uh, just he he looks like a man among boys. I feel like uh, it, not necessarily hard to do. Like I had never even heard of of a lot of these Seattle receivers that were playing yesterday. Uh, but like Jackson Smith and Jigba really just, he's so dominant. We talked about him and, you know, we've talked about him a lot actually in terms of uh, the way that he was able to stand out at OSU with mm-hmm. the stiff competition. I mean, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, like those are, those are two top 12 dynasty wide receivers. And Jackson Smith and Jigba was like outpacing them across the board. Um, I, I think this kid's going to be really special, uh, especially once we see like a, a full starting lineup. Once yep. we see, you know, Smith in there, it's going to be fun to watch. Played exclusively out of the slot, which we obviously liked. The, not, the main... Yeah, not unexpected at all. No, not unexpected. The best thing is he's healthy, which was a big concern for him going into the draft. That's after basically missing all of last year due to a hamstring injury. Uh, I agree. He's my wide receiver one in this rookie class, and I don't think anything's going to change it during the preseason. The only other player that I wanted to ask you about was Zach Charbonnet, who nine days ago, Pete Carroll said it's going to be out indefinitely with a shoulder injury. Nine days. 
And then Nine he plays. I hate Pete Carroll, man. <laughs> he plays in this game, four carries for 14 yards, also gets two receptions for 14 yards. Um, <laughs> he looked really good. And there was two massive collisions that he had with Lewis Seen, uh, the former first-round pick of the Vikings. I, th- I thought he looked awesome. He looked awesome. He's going to be such a interesting player to continue to watch. Like yeah. it, it's so, I mean, what the, like the kind of dynamic that they're creating, like you have Kenneth Walker there with the top end speed, the athleticism, and you have Zach Charbonnet, who I think is just one of like, he's a grinder, man. He's tough. Like I, I genuinely think that the split between Zach Charbonnet and between Kenneth Walker is going to be much closer than we expect. Um, you know, probably right off the bat, saw him uh, utilize, utilized in the screen game a little That's bit, what which makes is me what nervous about Walker, right? Is I just wonder if Charbonnet is going to be the passing back for this team. Yeah, and it, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, coming out again, can't trust anything Pete Carroll says, but that was part of the hype, right? Like when yeah. the Seahawks drafted him in the second round, like that, that was one of the first things Pete Carroll mentioned was like, yeah, we. We really like his usage as a receiver. Wasn't necessarily like the most efficient receiver yep. in college, but he was very capable. Um, and, and I think they see the the versatility that he offers, you know, as a tough runner. Um, and sometimes it can be hard to find like a capable receiving back that's just as tough a bruiser and, you know, able to generate yards after contact and, you know, force missed tackles like that. That's Zach Charbonnet to a T. Zach Charbonnet right now being drafted as RB24 behind players like DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, but ahead of players such as Alexander Madison, Devin A. Chain, Rashad White. I'm really curious to see what happens here. The longer that we we don't see Kenneth Walker on the field, the more I'm open to potentially moving him up because of that passing role. That's the problem, Marcus. So Kenneth Walker still dealing with a groin injury, which it's just Pete Carroll. Come on, man. Zach Charbonnet, we, we already be out indefinitely. Um, yeah. Kenneth Walker, it like seemed like it wasn't as big of a deal dealing with a, a slight groin injury, but like how much, uh, how many reps can Zach Charbonnet take while Kenneth Walker is out? Like this feels like a really crucial time to sort of establish yeah. roles. And the longer Kenneth Walker is out, I worry that Zach Charbonnet is going to, carve himself a a decent chunk of this workload in 2023 and it might just be annoying for fantasy where you just can't really trust either of these players you know any week and it just makes them you know low low end rb2s especially now that they've got jackson smith and jigba and you think they could potentially throw at even at a higher rate than they did last year but just something to keep an eye on uh no love for drew lock in this preseason game no Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, looked like, fine. I, he looked fine. I like, it's just, what does it mean for fantasy? Nothing. nothing. Not, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like I'm not going to go pick up. Nope. I'm not going to make a waiver wire move nope. based on. No, I, I, what I think is he looked like a competent NFL backup. If something were to happen to Geno Smith, I think you could potentially, um, I, I don't know. I think you, you could be comfortable. Like I, I don't. Comfortable still starting your down. Yes. Yes, no. absolutely. Yes. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Again, everydayers, we'll be back on Monday to break down all of the preseason action, so make sure you tune in for that. Go check our show out on YouTube. It's Locked On Dynasty over there. 
We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy a weekend of football, and we'll see you right back here on Monday.